This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard... On 98.5, the bet in Las Vegas and 11.40, the bet in Las Vegas, too. So if you're joining us over the air, thanks for being with us. I am Scott Branson. My co-host Mo Moten will be with us in the second and third segment. So stay right with us there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search Silver and Black today if you're watching us on YouTube. Hit subscribe and don't forget the notifications bell so that you get notified every time we have a, a new video. So want to jump in uh, and, and have a special guest today here in the first segment. We want to talk a little bit about, yes, I know, some people want to move on already, but we're going to talk about Derek Carr. And to do that, Alberto Menzano joins us, an old friend of the show. You can follow him on Twitter, at GMenzano24. Uh, he is now with MMQB and Sports Illustrated. Of course, I met you First, remember when you were covering boxing and I was working in boxing in Las Vegas, you went through Review Journal, then you covered the Raiders, Chargers, and then Rams, and now you get to cover the entire league. First of all, for all of us here, congratulations on the new role. How are you feeling now going from covering one team to covering the entire league? <laughs> yeah, uh, first of all, Scott, good to see you again, and I appreciate going with the full name, Gilberto. Some people kind of get hesitant when they see the O at the end. Obviously, you could call me Gilbert. Uh, but Gilberto, I love to hear that too. <laughs> and Scott, I forgot that we actually met through boxing. I think we had yes. lunch together, right? We had uh, lunch. in Las Vegas, and I was going back and forth between Raiders and boxing. Yes. And uh, here we are. You have your own show, nice show here in the podcast. Silver and Black today always showing me love uh, from covering the Chargers. I did that for four years at the OC Register, uh, and then one year covering the LA Rams. So. I know the B reporter lifestyle, but this is new to me. National reporter, it sounds a little weird. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be the guy who's going to, you know, my buddy Adam Hill in Las Vegas going to be covering the Raiders every single day. I'm going to come out of nowhere and take all his questions just to annoy him. So uh, <laughs> watch out, people in Las Vegas. I'm that national guy who's going to be in the way. I love it. Also, I forgot to mention your podcast, of course, The Compass, which you can catch as well uh, to, to anywhere you can get your podcast as well. So make sure you do that. So, of course, 
you're busy like everyone else now. You got to be in every format, but people want to listen to you guys talk as well, too. And your show's great, too. You get to hear two sports writers kind of go back and forth about a bunch of different stuff. And you're like, Mo and I here on this show, it's funny, sometimes some listeners get upset because why are you guys talking about food? It's like, well, we're human beings, right? Yeah, We're all about football and all that, but at the same time, people like to get to know you. So anyway, but but uh, we appreciate it. And yes, you've kind of covered it all. Covering the entire league will be fun, especially uh, where you're at with MMQB is going to be fun as well. Uh, so let's dive in. You have a story. You wrote a story about the five destinations where Derek Carr could end up. And we're going to get to that in a second, but I got to first start with this. Because you've covered Derek Carr and you've covered the AFC West via the Chargers. Um, it's a complicated question, but I want to get at least your fresh answer to this, and it might change over time with history, everything does. But Derek Carr's legacy, Derek Carr's legacy with the Raiders, I want to get your take on that because, as you know from covering the beat, he's a polarizing figure in Raider Nation. A nice guy, does great things in the community. You, you can't argue with the fact that he's a nice dude. But as far as his tenure as the quarterback of the Raiders, um, it's a it's a mix of, yes, a lot of it wasn't his fault. I mean, the organization has been a dumpster fire at times, and he's been there through all of that. But when you look at his career, I'm interested to hear what you think of today uh, about Derek Carr as a Raider and sort of how you would maybe describe that tenure. Yeah, Scott, you know, I've been thinking about it, too, because it, it was a, a productive one. But if you if you really kind of get down to the nitty gritty, it was one that fell short in terms of playoff wins, appearances uh, and going far. And the comparison that I make is, you know, maybe Matthew Stafford. But the difference with Matthew Stafford is like you knew that was a real dumpster fire. You couldn't do anything <laughs> about it. And but the fans respected Matthew Stafford, Stafford for showing up every single day, playing through pain and being tough and. You know, when the Rams won the Super Bowl, all these Detroit Lions fans were supporting uh, Stafford from afar. It's a little mixed with the Raiders and Derek Carr. I think that there's a good amount that really appreciate him going through those really rough years. There, there were some rough years, guy. <laughs> I covered a few of them. Uh, but I remember that year where he was an MVP candidate and what could have been. He never, uh, you know, broke his ankle against uh, the Colts there. And and he missed that playoff game against the Texans. And I, forget, I think it was Cook that got the playoff game there. So I think it was a lot of team that – uh had high expectations and they fell short. Maybe that's where the sourness is coming from. Some Raider fans, because when they brought in AB, they're supposed to win, but AB was a whole, uh, let's just say a <laughs> head case there and it didn't work out. Uh, you get Devonte Adams and it's supposed to be a good year. It didn't work out. I think there was times where the Raiders, you know, went out and spent money and maybe there were some bad decisions from different coaches, different front offices. It just, and the thing too, is that it was been inconsistent and maybe the thing that you should, you should respect if you're a Raider fan, that Derek Carr was always there. Yeah, he might throw a couple of interceptions, but he was always there. Uh, you've seen some of the press conferences where he's, you know, you know, he's crying or being emotional. He gives it all he has. It was just like, I think people want it more. And you know, Scott, from covering this team, it's a very passionate fan base with the Raiders, Oakland, Las Vegas, LA. Who cares? I live in LA. They're still probably the top team out here with the Rams and Chargers being out here. So it's just very passionate. And when you bring all that together, where there were so many years that it came up short. You're either just angry, maybe you're fed up, or you just, you know what? At the end of the day, it was a tough, you know, situation. We respect you, Derek Carr. Uh, but also, if you, if you just, you know, put it aside and you think about it, you know what? Uh, this guy was here for nine, for nine seasons. And I, and I think mm. sometimes when you say once a Raider, always a Raider, I think with a few years gone by, people will respect what happened with Derek Carr. But maybe Derek Carr finds his Rams and Stafford, like mm. what Stafford did, and he does well elsewhere. And there's times where, like, you want to keep trying it and not go anywhere or just move on because 
you know, we see it with, with teams in the middle, with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. You keep trying it, but you're not winning. At some mm. point, you got to try something else and just have a nice, you know, adult divorce and move on. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, it seems in this case, for whatever reason, and, and these are the details we don't know, David Carr likes to keep teasing that he's going to tell us what really happened. But overall, we don't know, right? So we don't know what the conversation, we don't know if the Raiders handled it well or if it was hurt feelings on their side. We just don't know that. But there's no doubting the dysfunction of this Raiders organization. It's well documented, of course, since since Al Davis died, even before that, and Al Davis started making some bad decisions in his failing health. Uh, but when you look at Derek Carr, the quarterback, I mean, again, you've covered and, and been around him and the league, but also the other quarterbacks. What I find is interesting is I've always said, look, Derek Carr, I consider him him a top 14, 15 quarterback, right? I, I consider him a good NFL quarterback. That's why he's going to get another job. There's no question about it. But did I consider him an elite quarterback, the kind of quarterback that takes a team on his shoulders and goes and, and overcomes deficiencies on defense and on offense and all that? And, and to me, that's the difference. And I find that a lot of people are afraid, not afraid, I should say, that's not the right word. A lot of people are reluctant to talk about his maybe deficiencies as a quarterback. Um, and, and I think that's where Josh McDaniels and... Dave Ziegler, having no history with the guy, gave him a year to do it, didn't like what they saw, and moved on. Uh, and 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 you know, this is a business. I think that's the hardest thing for, for fans to do. But when you look at Derek Carr in the course of the NFL and look at all the other quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, what are fair criticisms of him? What are unfair criticisms of him? Yeah, you know, obviously, I, I don't want to say he was a guy who, who made a lot of mistakes, but maybe he was a guy who didn't take enough chances, too. It was like a mm. mix of like, hey, when the when the timely errors came, they hurt you. Or when you hey, you got to press the gas and go, and he didn't go. Uh, it, it, when you think about Derek Carr and, and people who support Derek Carr, say mm -hmm. the defense always sunk with the Raiders. It was always hard to play from behind, and when you're playing from behind, that usually creates mistakes. You have more pressure in your face. A lot of bad things happen. But also on the flip side, you never really thought about the Raiders' offense as a juggernaut. You don't think obviously you can't compare them to the Chiefs. But even like a team, because uh, I, I was, you know, doing some research on the Chargers and Kellen Moore, like Kellen Moore and the Cowboys were the top scoring team in two, two, uh, 2021. Does anybody remember that? But at least the <laughs> results are there, you know, like yeah. you're not supposed to be like a, a high octane offense. But at least when you look at the stats, OK, you did your best on offense. The defense failed there, but you never really got that sense where Derek Carr is. It was more like, OK, that was cool. That was a nice comeback. But can we do it again? And you just never knew what you could get on every Sunday with Derek Carr. And Scott, I know people like to rank, and that feels about right for, for Derek Carr, you know, 14, 15. You know, I, I think he's, you know, slightly above average quarterback. But mm -hmm. when you think about, you know, what, what you have in the – especially in the AFC West, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, uh, go out to Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all these AFC quarterbacks, you have no debate. They're top 10. What Carr was like, that was a good year. I might make you top 10. And then there were some years, okay, you're definitely top 14, 15, 16. Right. Like, he never fell below that. And, and the, the NFL, one of the things I always say, you don't want to be stuck in that middle range where, like, you'll make a wild card appearance, and then you'll then that's about it. You're one and done. Or you win eight games or nine games, but you don't get a top draft pick, and you don't make noise in the playoffs. Like, that's the worst position to be in. So that just kind of felt like the Derek Carr range. And, again, it's not all his fault, but there was times where he could have done better. Uh, but I get it. You have Devontae Adams. You have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro a good offensive line, and it just didn't work out in 2022. Yeah, and it's really interesting to me because you mentioned Matthew Stafford, obviously, since you covered uh, covered him with the Rams. And, 
he was with the Lions for a long time. So that's one example. But but there's not many quarterbacks in the NFL, even good starting quarterbacks, who are with their team for nine years without ever having a playoff win, uh, making two playoff appearances, although he was injured for the first one, as you mentioned. And it's really interesting because the one thing, and, and we've never been, you know, we try to cover, uh, obviously, objectively. So we're, we're not pro-car, anti, we're not into that jazz like some fans are. But I always found it interesting that that no one talked about the fact that Derek Carr had two opportunities to leave the Raiders. Now, I know he's a loyal guy. People got upset and they talk, talk about loyalty in sports, which we know is really just a shell game because it's about the money. Um, very rare examples of players who will stay somewhere no matter what. And he did that. And so I, he had the two opportunities to leave. And then even this last opportunity, he could have said, no, I'll just stick with my contract or whatever. And he didn't do that. So so I think there's personal responsibility there as well that he's got to take on because, yeah, the Raiders might have been a dumpster fire, but he chose to stay in the dumpster fire, which is something I'm, I'm keen to talk about. All right, let's switch gears now, uh, Alberto, and we talk about um, where Derek Carr could end up because this is fascinating to me because, again, being where he's at, there are people interested as you know, most important position on the field, there's a lot of quarterback-hungry teams out there who might not be able to afford a big-name quarterback or be in a position to draft one early. And you named five of them in your piece, which everybody can read uh, as well. We'll link it in the description below. Uh, but let's talk about this. When you looked at situations for Derek Carr, kind of what were your criteria? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, so this was a very tough list to narrow down because if you really think about it, it's probably maybe 15 or 16 teams in the NFL. They have some kind of question marks with the starting quarterback, and and you can narrow down to 12 saying, okay, you definitely need to look for a quarterback. Like, there's four teams where, like, you know what? Try one more year <laughs> of that. Uh, but there's maybe 10 or 12, like, okay, what are you doing here? Go look for a quarterback, and you'll be lucky to get a Derek Carr. Uh, and once you start, you know, narrowing down that list from the teams that need a quarterback, you start thinking, okay, what's a good fit for Derek Carr and for the team? Uh Obviously, salary cap comes to play because Derek Carr wants to get money. He just lost $40 million in guaranteed money because the Raiders uh, released him. You would think you want to get some of that back. And, and being <laughs> a quarterback needy market, why, why not use it to your advantage? And, you know, people got on me for not putting the Saints there because the Saints were the one team that showed interest and were willing to do a trade. But I go back to the money. The salary cap for the Saints is a big issue when you're yeah. over $59 million in the cap. And you got to cut a guy like Michael Thomas who's going to make you worse. Uh, what are we doing here at the end of the day? Like, is that really going to go anywhere if you're the Saints there? If you're the Saints, you're probably saying one more rebuild you're into, you get out of this, you know, cap space hell, <laughs> I like to call oh, yeah. it there. Uh, but th they are in the mix there. But I'm for the sake of just doing a different list, I took them out. And it was yeah. tough because you want you want to fit in coaching philosophy. You want a good roster. You want to get paid. You want a winning culture. And when you're searching for a quarterback, you you, you probably don't have a winning culture. So uh, the criteria had to be a little flexible. Like, you know, with the commanders, I put them in fifth. Ron Rivera and, and the commanders, you don't think about them as winning culture. But at least Rivera makes them competitive in the division. And the NFC yeah. East, the, the Washington commanders have always been in the race. And you got a lot of issues with the ownership and all that. But... <laughs> 
they're at least in the race, and that's good enough for me to make it to the criteria. And then you look at guys like Terry McLaurin, uh, Curtis Samuels, Jahan Dotson. Uh, oh, by the way, a good defense. Uh, good surprise, defense. surprise there, Carr. You want a good defense. Yeah. Uh, Ron Rivera could be the way. But the funny thing about this guy, what it came from doing my research, a lot of these teams in the mix have already struck out going the quarterback veteran route. Like some teams might be hesitant. Like, okay, we yeah. tried that with Carson Wentz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, whoever you want to talk about. Um, talking about Indy too. Uh, yeah. You might be even more hesitant. And when you got a new coach in Shane Sykin, shout out to UNOV right there, uh, the, the new Indy coach, he has a reputation of developing young quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert. He's probably telling Jim Mercer, stay away from the veterans because I know how to develop a quarterback. So then it gets a little tricky after that. So especially if, to, well, especially if he likes one of the guys in the draft, the top of the round, whether it's Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Will Levis. Uh, or Richardson out of Florida, wherever you look at that, I think that that's an opportunity. And you're right, he played the position in Indy. But let me let me rename again, so just so people, and I, I forgot yeah, to do ahead. this as we ended the question, is you had Houston, Washington, Atlanta, Indianapolis, and the New York Jets, of course. The New York Jets seem like a natural fit. Um, what's interesting, and, and the teams on your list didn't surprise me, Houston is always one that surprised me because that would mean Derek Carr would go back to the scene of the crime where his brother played. Um, and Houston is a little ways away, so if he really wants to come out and win, it's interesting. Clearly, the Jets are the team re more are ready to win. They are a veteran quarterback away, or a quarterback away. They've done the rookie route, didn't work out. They've tried the veteran route in the past. I mean, it's been a revolving door there, right, since, what, Chad Pennington maybe? So it's it's been a long time. The issue with that, though, and I, I, I wonder, because you have two teams on there, that are cold weather cities. And we all know the knock against Derek Carr with the cold weather. Um, did you consider that? And, and what do you think? Do you think that, do you think, he always says it doesn't matter, but if you look at his record, it, it speaks for itself. Do you think that'll factor in his decision-making and some of these teams also looking at him as a possibility? Maybe not so much because I also didn't factor into my list. So weather, I probably should have done a little better <laughs> with that. Uh, but I, I think if you really kind of narrow it down, it's probably the least of his concerns right now, but uh, and then also you wouldn't admit like, Hey, you know what? I stayed away from that team because I can't compete in cold weather. So, uh, I think if you're Derek Carr, you probably won't say that, uh, and to kind of defend a little bit the, the Houston pick. Yeah. It's a little out there. That's why I put on number five and I had to bend the mm -hmm. rules again, because I said winning culture. So for me, for that <laughs> criteria, uh, is the Miko Ryan's, this guy is so well-respected in the NFL. People yeah. love the Miko Ryan. And for him to take on that challenge shows me how motivated he is to turn that franchise around. So I think the Miko Ryan is a, is a big uh, get there and he signed and he got a good coaching staff around too and the other issue for the i mean other good scenario for the houston texans like they have the salary cap they have the money like i know many people are not thinking about it i know that uh if, if you're a savvy gm you could get around the salary cap i know i covered the rams i covered a team like the chargers <laughs> tom Telesco loves the salary cap i know there's moves around there you could move contracts you could move money dead money whatever i get it uh but you want to make it easier the texans have the money and maybe it's a little bit of a stretch but a year ago, nobody considered the Jaguars to be a playoff team. They had the money, and guess what? They spent the money, and they hit on the on the on the on the signings. The Trevor Lawrence developed, and you never know what could happen with a good coach and Doug Peterson. So, I get the whole thing, but also too, and Scott in the story, I mentioned why it doesn't fit. Yes, the whole David Carr history there. I'm sure there is not a good sign there, but maybe Derek Carr. Maybe you know better than I do. Grew up in Houston, and he loved Houston. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that could be something that comes into factor too. And oh, Texas, no uh, state tax money. Maybe that's another criteria <laughs> that I should have added. Uh, right. But yeah, you're you're right on the cold weather. I think 
The Colts are an uh, indoor team, so maybe not an issue. The Jets are definitely could be an issue there. Uh, but I just like the whole roster. I uh, like where they're headed, and that defense is pretty good too. Yeah, I mean, I look at I, Colts. I think people have been talking about the Colts because they've done this a couple times, right? They did it with Rivers, as you talked about, uh, and 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 that didn't work out as well as they wanted to, although Rivers played for where he was at in his career, played uh, pretty well for them. So uh, I think that's a good spot. It's also a dome. It's Midwest. He'd fit in really nicely there. But the Houston one is also interesting to your point because if I'm Houston, I could – yeah, everybody thinks they're going to take a quarterback at the top of the first round, and they may – but signing Carter, two or three year deal, gives you the opportunity to have a veteran let the rookie come along and then spend your money uh, all on that defense and along the offensive line as well too to build it up. So, so there's there's plenty of opportunities. I keep telling Raider fans, Alberto, that that you can turn things. I'm not saying you go from being six and eleven to winning the Super Bowl necessarily, but in the period of two years, if you have cap space and you get enough good impact players on rookie deals, especially a quarterback. You can turn things around quickly. I think the same thing is true in Houston. We've seen it. You, you just mentioned it with Jacksonville. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But it'll be interesting to see where he ends up uh, and the situation he because he gets to choose. And I think that'll tell us a lot about where he's at mentally on the challenge he takes on, whether it's a Jets challenge or the Commanders. The Commanders, I think, will get new ownership soon, as, as everybody's been talking about. So Derek Carr would be a great guy to bring in there to rehab that image that the commanders need so 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 badly. So we'll see how it goes. All right, buddy, before we let you go, and we appreciate you being generous with your time, um, I want to get your thoughts to, since now that you're covering the entire league, but to take you back to your AFC West days, you mentioned it a little earlier in this segment, the AFC West, you have the Chiefs, enough said, uh, then you have the Broncos go out and make the big trade to get their new coach, Sean Payton, and then you have the Chargers, right? Which I'm still, and I want to get your view on on Staley because I'm still not convinced. I think I think in some ways he holds them back, but they have talent there. I've been saying the last couple of weeks that the Raiders, in the next year or two, the Raiders have to make significant progress uh, from a personnel standpoint because I think they're really in danger of falling way behind in this AFC arms race. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, the Raiders have work to do, and then now you're going through a whole different uh, quarterback, and that, it might seem maybe like a rebuild project. I, I'm sure people in Vegas and Oakland, L.A., or wherever you were from in the Raider Nation, you don't want to hear that. Uh, but the reality is you don't have a quarterback currently. you got to draft draft one, and the position they're in, uh, they're they're a little, you know, in the, in the middle of the pack, which is not a good place to be. You could get you could you could sign one, pay Aaron Rodgers, then you're not rebuilding at all. So it's a weird <laughs> position right now for, for the Raiders, but – they have they have options and maybe it's an exciting time for the Raiders because yeah you've done the Derek Carr for nine years and maybe they got a little stale so it might be a bad year or it might be an all in year you don't know just yet we'll see what happens for the Raiders but yeah you got to rebuild that defense too you can't keep falling behind to the Chiefs everybody fell behind the Chiefs remember uh, we that's gonna be the year where the Raiders and the Chargers and the Broncos yeah. are gonna push the Chiefs nothing changed so uh, <laughs> here we are again. Uh, and and we'll see what happens with this AFC West offseason. But, uh, yeah, because you would think the Chargers would get better with Justin Herbert in, what, year four now? Yeah, you would think they have a playoff win with Herbert and, and his rookie contract. Yeah. But uh, they're also searching to, to stay in, in the race. And then the Broncos took more steps backwards when you thought you were going to do something with Russell Wilson. Uh, for the Broncos, they have a good defense. I don't know what Sean Payne is going to do with Russell Wilson because he regressed the last year in Seattle. He was pretty bad uh, in Denver. But something... If you're Sean Payton, there's two reasons you took that job. You saw the film and you saw this guy, Russell Wilson, he just needs a little help. I'll bring the best out of him. 
or two, hey, let's just kind of you know eat the contract for one more year or two and let's move on uh, and do a clean rebuild. So I don't know what Sean Payne is thinking there. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, the Chiefs way up here again, Scott, like always, <laughs> and crazy. teams uh, just hoping to to make it by. But you know, you know, in the NFL, every year it changes. There's always four, or five, six teams in the playoffs that you never expected. So uh, I will definitely not count out the Raiders uh, making some noise. But I mean, it it tells you what the Chiefs have. I mean, the Chiefs had six significant players on that Super Bowl team who were rookies. Uh, I mean, look at Pacheco. I have Pacheco right. He was a seventh round draft pick. Yeah. It goes to show you that when things are rolling, sometimes they're just rolling. And Andy Reid, of course, one of the best there is. So uh, phenomenal there. Gilberto Manzano, of course, our good friend here. Uh, he is now with the Monday Morning Quarterback. Yes, you can catch him on there as well as SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at GManzano24. My friend, again, thank you so much and congratulations on the new role. And we'll catch up with you as things roll along towards the NFL draft. Scott, thank you for the time. You know, I love to talk Raiders for my days in Vegas, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, there you go. Uh, great, great segment there. Great to hear his perspective. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mo and I will be back. Also, we're going to talk through Rich Gannon causing waves in Raider Nation. Yes, the former MVP of the Raiders, the last quarterback to take the Raiders to the Super Bowl. Some of you think that, that's not enough for him to be able to criticize Derek Carr and what Derek Carr might do in the future. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yes, we're entering the post-car era. We're wrapping those loose ends up, and we'll talk about that. And then in the third segment, we're going to get to mailbag, of course, for this show. You're listening to Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also, over the air, that's right, on 98.5, the bet in Las Vegas, as well as 1140, the bet in Las Vegas, too. Yes, they're both the bets. Because you got to bet on Mo and I. It's a winner. All right, we'll be right back.